Boog bounce back week just never seems to want to end. We land a sneaky good defensive line coach today, and we have a humongous basketball win that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the remaining part of the schedule and the outlook uh, that we have with this basketball team. It's just electric right now. This is episode 17. 17, can you believe it already, of the Top Button Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Five, and we are going to have a blast. Look, I'm going to get into the basketball because we're going to talk the vast majority uh, of this uh, show about basketball. But before we do, there's nobody booging more right now than Ford Stokes with Active Wealth Management. I'm sure he's probably jumping up and down, breaking everything in the house, fired up just like we are over that humongous basketball win. Uh, Ford is here to help you get uh, where you need to be. He's here to help you. You've worked so hard to save your money. He's here to protect it and help you grow it. He's going to put together a custom plan for you to reach all of your goals Reach out to him at activewealth.com. Tell him more eagle. Tell him you love him and show him some love and he'll show you some love back. So activewealth.com, Active Wealth Management, Ford Stokes, the number one Auburn fan out there that also uh, is a financial advisor who will make you rich. Or, <laughs> you know, I know there's probably the disclaimer, you know, whatever, but I love him. You're going to love him too. So Ford Stokes, active, active Wealth Management. Look, before we get into basketball, we got to discuss Auburn hired a, what I think is a sneaky, awesome hire uh, with a promoting defensive assistant, defensive line assistant, Vontrell King-Williams, former defensive line coach for Eastern Michigan. Uh, he was already on staff. He was, a, he was an assistant. He was brought in last year, and players, recruits, everybody loves him, and Hugh just decided, hey, let's just go ahead and get this guy on the field. Uh, let's get this guy on the field. Really quick backstory. So, like I said, he was the actual on-field defensive line coach at Eastern Michigan uh, in 2022. He was hired away. There are positions on coaching staffs that are assistant positions that are not coaching positions. They're, they're assistants. In, in other words, you can't necessarily be involved in hand, like face-to-face -face coaching with the players. You can work with the coach, but you can't be an on-field coach. So you can't technically run drills. You can't technically help with fundamentals uh, on the player on the player aspect, like from coach to player, but you can be there to assist. So there's a lot of those positions. And last year, there was a, a, a wide speculation that the rule was going to change to where those guys can actually coach face-to-face -face with the players and actually coach in the game face-to-face. -face. Right now, it's kind of just, you know, instead of instead of Vontrell King-Williams, uh, uh, I'm just going to call him VK-Dub, VK-Dub, instead of him seeing that so-and-so player's maybe his pad level's too high or, you know, something's something's off. He's doing something incorrect. He can't address it. He can't address it directly. He would have to go through Jeremy Garrett, you know, to be for him to be able to address him directly. Well, there was speculation that that role was going to change and they were going to be able to do a lot of that. 
You had guys like Tanner Burns, who was basically hired to be your special teams coordinator uh, with the idea that he would be able to coach on game day. Um, he would be able to help run the special teams portion of the practices. For whatever reason, that rule did not pass. So, you know, VK, uh, Vontrell came to Auburn sort of with the mindset that I'm going to be a face-to-face, a, a true assistant coach. Instead of just an assistant to an assistant coach, he would be a true assistant coach in an off-the-field – I'm sorry, not an off-the-field – an, a, a non-official co- like position coach. He would be a position assistant that was going to be able to coach face-to-face. Well, <clears throat> that was, again, that was struck down. So he had to sort of remain in the shadows, so to speak, uh, as an assistant to Jeremy Garrett. But that didn't stop him. He was still able to recruit on campus. He's an absolute hit with the recruits. And – the the defensive room in general, you could have relationships and stuff like that. You just can't coach one-on-one. They all loved him. Uh, I think a lot of those guys went to bat for him to say, hey, let's just – this guy knows us. He knows uh, – he's watched us play for a year. He's been in the recruiting for for a year. He's he's already got a relationship with these guys. You know, we want to we see him get a shot. Uh, I think the, the defensive line room – really, really went to bat for uh, for Vontrell. And uh, it subsequently, that they may have – Hugh may have reached out to a couple of guys, put some feelers out to some, you know, some names maybe. And I think that's what a lot of people are sort of shocked or, or confused that we didn't go get a – go get a brand name. You didn't go get a Rodney Garner or, a you know, maybe a Trey Scott at, at Georgia who <coughs> Hugh Freeze actually has – uh, a history with you didn't go get a guy like that you promoted from within which maybe on the face seems like it could be kind of risky because he doesn't have a ton of on-field coaching experience uh, but it's one that I think is going to be a very sneaky sneaky good good hire it's going to end up being something that's going to pay dividends for Auburn because I think it's going to give you the opportunity to have a little bit of continuity because you know regardless of how good he could be, I think he still needs a few years to sort of get seasoned before he makes that next step to offense, uh, defensive, to be an actual coordinator or something like that. If it were to go to a small school or heck, even maybe to a big school, who knows? But it's a huge, it's, I think it's huge for continuity. You don't have to change the voice in that room. You don't really have to change a ton. He was, you're already starting to see players tweet, uh, that they're fired up about it. You're seeing recruits. Jordan Crawford um, was uh, was extremely pumped. He tweeted within just minutes uh, of the announcement. That's your big four-star defensive tackle from Parker in Birmingham. Uh, it's just, um, it, it. I think you know, once you sort of look at his background, he's been all over the place already. It's in such a short career. He's he was a uh, as a player, he signed with Indiana, went JUCO, then went to UTSA. Then he got he's been had some had some NFL experience. He's been uh, with Hewitt Liberty. Uh, he's been to the uh, Eastern Michigan, and now he's at, at Auburn as an off the field assistant. And now he's an actual full time position coach. Uh, I just think 
he's got a wealth of experience, like a wealth of experience in a very short, condensed amount of time. So I'm personally very excited from a, I think the biggest impact is from a, from a recruiting standpoint, because you had four big time defensive linemen already committed. Uh, you had four big time guys already in the boat for 2025. You're thinking, man, this thing could get shaken up with Jeremy Garrett stepping away, but no, you just kind of, you push, you push Von Trail to the to the forefront. He's already tag teamed. I think that's what um when whenever he was hired, Jeremy Garrett called, you know, said, We're gonna be the dynamic duo. So it's not this is not some guy that's just going to get coffee, you know, making copies, whatever. This is a guy that is very involved uh, in the recruitments of all these dudes. And, and now he's going to be your full-time defensive line coach. So I'm I'm excited. Once again, the staff's complete. I don't really know who else could possibly be a, a risk. I don't think there is another risk. I think it's too late in the cycle. We talked about it last time, and I mentioned that Jeremy was a possibility uh, that he could leave, and he did. But at this point, I don't really see who else, barring a disaster, uh, you know, something that would be out outside of coaching, I don't really see there possibly be an opening. So the next kind of thing, maybe you start to see – filling in some of the position assistance that that you that you've lost uh, in the you know with the promotion uh, of Ontrail and you know a couple of other guys moving in different directions maybe those are the 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 little ancillary hires may maybe the pretty much the only thing you you're adding from from this point forward but nothing from the on the field coaching perspective from the position coaching perspective so again I did a show a couple of uh, episodes ago that I said that I think this staff is elite. Uh, I don't think uh, Von Trail being promoted uh, dampers any of that. I think he's got all the potential that that Jeremy Garrett had. Uh, that Jeremy Garrett has, uh, and Jeremy that Jeremy had re- sort of reached that point. I don't think there's going to be anything that can really that will really stop. Trail from having that same success they're they're sort of cut from the same cloth type individual he's going to be your true interior defensive line coach they haven't really decided yet there's been talk that that Durkin will sort of take over the pass rushing guys or you know Alders may take over the pass rushing guys and then whoever does that the other will take over the uh, the linebackers so I kind of hope Durkin is is your edge guy uh, just because of the experience and, and how he, he likes to call the defense and get after, get after folks. And I just think the wealth of experience with some of the young guys that are coming in that, that could be extremely explosive. I like, I like the thought. I like the thought of that. And then uh, Josh Aldridge is just absolutely killing it uh, at linebacker recruiting. Uh, and, and he's got all those young cats that he brought in, young talented guys that he brought in. So, I kind of like that setup, but either you know, either way, flip flops not going to bother me at all. I still like the defensive staff. There's a good mix, young and old, uh, recruiting energy, uh, experience. So it's I think it, it'll be something uh, fun to watch. Still, uh, I'm not. I don't feel any any better or worse. I feel the exact same about the staff as I did a couple of shows ago. Wish Jeremy Garrett the best. I think he's going to be great, and I love that he's going to the NFL. Build that coaching tree in the NFL. Get as much experience as you can. And who knows? Maybe he could be a he could be a defensive coordinator down the road. A defensive coordinator, you know, prospect 
down the road. So big time again, players, recruits, everybody's fired up. Congratulations to Vontrell King Williams for being uh, promoted to on field uh, full time coach. He doesn't have the the restrictions anymore. He can be one on one with these guys, and I think that's what's going to be great for that room and great for the recruiting trail. So very very proud. Got it done quickly. Uh, I, I like that hire. All right, now let's move on to the the big news of the night as Auburn wins the second part two, uh, part two of the Iron Bowl of basketball. Uh, they absolutely throttle Alabama 99 to 81, and it honestly, it could have been worse. Uh, it could have been worse. If you make a few more free throws, I mean, you're talking, you, it could have been a 25, 30 point, 30 point win. One thing about the game that I think really stood out to me, and one thing about the game that I think is something that sort of I, – I, I've made no bones about it, that if, if we don't shoot threes at a, at a high percentage, over 30%, it's just hard for us to win. It's hard for us to win. But, dadgummit, we just play incredible defense. Like, it's it's the the, the average team – to be super successful and maybe even win a conference needs to shoot over 35% from three. It's just, it, there's just never – you just have to. There's just no ifs, ands, buts about it. You just have to be able to shoot threes at a high percentage to be able to be an elite team. Auburn plays incredible defense, and I think it makes up for – I think it makes up for the lack of just pure shooters. We have dudes that can shoot. We don't – we don't necessarily have that real go-to dead-eye shooter that can just that's just going to hit at you know 40, 50 percent. Um, and, and we we were a little bit cold tonight. We shot just under 30 percent. We hit a few early, uh, which kind of kept us. Uh, Alabama kind of jumped out quick and and hit their first set, seemed like their first five or six shots in a row. Then we got the lead and we never never really looked back. Um, the, the defense. I mean, the defense was incredible. We turned them over double digits, and then I think we barely, uh, maybe five, six turnovers, and a lot of those were late in the first half. I don't think we only had one. Just played flawless basketball. Two halves of absolutely flawless basketball. Really, I wanted to get that hundred. I wanted to get that. Wanted to drop that dollar on them, but you know, ninety nine. I'll take it. I'll take it. It's 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 a big win. A big statement. Uh, after you go to Tuscaloosa and you're essentially one free throw away from tying it up, and then who knows what happens on the last possession. Really close game that, you again, you shot terribly, but defense kept you in it. This is two games in a row. Alabama scores close to 90 points a game. In both games, you've held them nearly 10 points below uh, their average. I guess if you average it up, it would be, it would be t 10 points on average below uh, their average score per game. So they are an explosive, they're an explosive basketball team too. So to be able to hold them, they were hitting a bunch of threes in the first half, to be able to hold them in the second half and, and sort of contain them and, and to force them to shoot a lot of bad shots. Uh, it was, it was, it was big. Um, now game flow, this was a weird game. Okay. There was, there were some great plays, but the first eight minutes, I felt like, was a free a free for all. Like they were banging both teams, banging each other back and forth. They were letting them play, and then after about eight minutes, 
it seemed like I don't really feel like it was a super emotional game. It, it didn't really seem like there, there was there was one situation where um, Grant Nelson from Alabama had a move finally got a uh, moving screen foul called where he kind of threw you know he kind of threw a threw a hip into Chad Baker Mazzara a hard foul and they finally called it on him and then you know there was a little bit of jawing but that was late in the game there was I say late in the game that was you know midway through the the second half so I don't really understand what happened after eight minutes because they the referees started calling a foul on almost every single possession. I mean, I've never seen a game where 85 free throws were shot. 85 free throws. And it could have been more because there were several front-end one-and-ones that were missed. Okay, so you're talking there's a there was potential to shoot over 90, probably over 90 free throws uh, in that game. And it was kind of in a short period of time. I say short period of time, but I mean, like I said, the first eight minutes, it seemed like there was a really good flow to the game. And then it just came to a screeching halt. Both teams were in the bonus, the double bonus, you know, two shots with like 15, 14 minutes to go, it seemed like, in the second half. So, I mean, the second half took absolutely forever. You could not, you could not get in a rhythm uh, whatsoever. And it sort of made it hard to watch. Uh, but th- that first half, man, that we took it to them. It got close a few times. And then towards the end of the first half, Auburn went on a run, uh, got it to, I think, around 14 at half. There was a big, emphatic, you know, uh, hammer from from Jalen Williams. He can – I tell you what, there's not many people that can dunk and, and get make your blood start pumping like, like Jalen Williams. He can windmill better than the – you know, give me a Jalen Williams left-handed windmill over just about anybody. I mean, the guy can absolutely shatter the rim. So, uh, and then there was another really great uh, a play in that sequence where Janai threw an alley oop to Jalen, and it was like a no look alley oop from the paint. I've never seen that before. They kind of connected. Jalen pointed up, and, and he sort of you know no look behind the back, sort of you know up you know jump ball, and he and and, and Jalen yammed it. Uh, it was just uh, a lot of. There was a lot of, I guess, I. F- I guess the the point I'm trying to make is there was potential for that. I think the atmosphere was unbelievable. I think the atmosphere was unbelievable. I'm proud of the students camp, that camped out for multiple days uh, to to get in there. They even they weren't tired. They were rowdy. They were loud. But I felt like if if you just didn't call, if there weren't wouldn't have been all those fouls, it could have been a I mean legitimately a 35 40 point game. It, I mean it could have been an absolute slaughter. I don't know if that was the point to sort of keep the to keep the game reined in from getting out of hand, but the, with the way the crowd was going, they just were not letting up uh, on Alabama, and weren't letting up on Mark Sears, weren't letting up on Grant Nelson. It was it was great, uh, you know the little the little high school gym, the little high school gym showed out. Hey, when our lights go off, they come right back on. It's it's a it's crazy, uh, and and it's loud and that just shows you again, like people, you can't sell it short how amazing that atmosphere is. That atmosphere is just absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But you needed this win. 
because again, it's another quad one win. It's great for the resume and in the, the, the manner that you did, it has to make you feel like you can go up against anybody. And we're about to hit a murderer's row uh, of games, a murderer's row of games that we're going to talk about uh, here in the next segment. But, it's always good to beat Alabama. It's always good to beat a good Alabama team. Uh, and it's always good to, uh, I guess, embarrass, I mean, I'll just say go ahead and embarrass them, emasculate them right there uh, on national TV, the, the big game of the night, your, your primetime game that everybody's watching, and you just absolutely uh, dominate them from essentially start to finish, essentially start to finish. Uh, I don't want to hear anything about – free throw discrepancies. I mean, geez, we shot 50, they shot 35. I mean, it could have been, you know, that's incredible. That's just an insane amount of free throws. Anyway, the fouls were pretty close. Um, they had several dudes foul out. I don't think we actually ended up having anybody foul out, but I think for the most part, the game was called, per, uh, you know, I think the game was called pretty good, but you just, uh, this team, man, they just fight, they fight, and uh, the de the defensive side of the ball, like the defensive stops that we make and the turnovers are just just incredible. And it may be changing sort of my my uh, my view of what it takes for a Bruce Pearl team to to be able to go to go on a run. I still think you got to be able to shoot shoot at, at a high percentage from three, but they play defense so well and they create so much offense through their defense that. Uh, it's it, it's hard to say that you really need much more. You, I feel like you put anybody in Auburn Arena and, and, and you're going to have a chance, or Neville Arena, and you're going to have a chance to chance to stomp them. So great win. You're tied now for first place uh, in the conference, which is great. You needed to be there because again, we're going to talk about the schedule coming up uh, because it's it's tough. You could you could win every game and you could lose every game. It's 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 that tough, but. Great win. Enjoy it. Uh, I just don't know. This 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 bug bounce back week that 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 we called last week, uh, it just may not end. It may not end. Uh before we talk about the rest of the uh season, give a shout out to planescoffee.com. Use coupon code button to get 10% off your order. Uh freshly ground the day before it ships, not this, you know, off the off the counter type stuff that's been sitting there for months in the back of a warehouse. This is freshly ground. You can smell it coming out of the mail truck. You can smell it from your mailbox uh, and a blend for everybody. There's the dark blend, light blend, medium blend, whatever. Uh, different kind of roasts for everybody. And if you don't like coffee, they got teas too. So check them out, plainscoffee.com. Use coupon code BUTTON. Save 10%. First off, before we get to the rest of the season, how about my man Charles Barkley? finishing the job and button it all the way up. I don't okay, I got I love Charles Barkley, okay? So let's let's just don't 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 get it twisted. I love Charles Barkley, but the mid-game freelance interviews that it seems like Auburn's had every single uh every single game that's been on ESPN, that's got to stop, okay? <laughs> I I love Charles Barkley. I could hear him. I would love to listen to him talk about sports in general, basketball, whatever. But let's don't do it in the middle of the freaking iron bowl of basketball. Let's don't do it right in the heat of battle. Let's do it at halftime. Let's do it at halftime or, or let's do it – or if he's in the game, let's talk about the, the game. 
Okay, let's talk about the game. Let's don't talk about NIL and, and the transfer portal and, and stuff like that. When when we're trying to, you know, extend this lead, we're trying to protect this lead and go ahead and win this, you know, this tough conference game at home. Like that kind of stuff is just – this aggravates me. But funny, I was getting text messages, tweets, everything. Charles Barkley had the button looking sharp all the way up. Uh, I've never done a – Without a tie, I've never done a button-up shirt all the way up top. So, I'm going to have to give that a look. Charles maybe may have turned me on to something. I'm, I'm a polo guy all the way up to the top, just like Tiger Woods was back in the day. That's where I got it from, in case you were wondering. But, uh, but yeah, tar- Charles is a top button guy. I like it. Uh, I may need to try to get him on the show, try to get him on the Top Button Podcast and talk about it. So, uh He's like me though. He's like me. He can he can teeter on the he can teeter on the brink of the neck may get too too large to 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 be able to get it on up there. So he's looking good right now though. Lost lost some weight uh, trying to sell that Redmont vodka, and uh, uh, he's great. But look, we gotta we gotta cut down on these freelance interviews. Like let's have an itinerary, but let's let's focus on the basketball game. And if it goes to a commercial break, then we can talk about you know, the hot topics uh, of the day. Not like when uh, we're trying to throw an alley-oop to, to uh, Janai Broom or it's a crucial defensive possession and we're trying to, you know, make a stop. Uh, so let's, let's, cut, let's cut all that out. Let's cut all that out. All right, so got that out of the way. The schedule is, is brutal, guys. It's about, to get, it's about to get rough, okay? It's about to get absolutely uh, nasty. We're going to Florida on Saturday. 2:30 game, so I, you know, I don't, I, I've, I've never really made up. I don't really under, I don't really know if like early basketball games or late basketball games are any harder or worse. It's not like football when you know you want a night game because it's outside under the lights. I mean, it's the same time. It's, it looks the same uh, at any point in the day. I don't know if maybe a later game you got the crowd could possibly, you know get into the get into the cups a little bit before before tip off and, and get a little bit more rowdy but uh, we just don't play well there uh, so you got to go to Florida and then next week you got two home games next week but you're playing Kentucky and South Carolina you know you're, uh, South Carolina can beat has beat anybody I mean they could beat anybody they beat Tennessee and they beat Kentucky and then you got Kentucky who you know Kentucky is what Kentucky is that they can beat uh any team in the country on any given day. They're that talented. Um, they're just a, a, a super talented basketball team. So anytime you play them, it doesn't matter. I love that we're playing them at home, but it doesn't really matter because they're good enough that they can beat you in your own place. So you got Florida, you got Kentucky, you got South Carolina, and then you have an awful road week where you go to Georgia, who is, you know, Respectable uh, that the new coach Mike they, they've have he has them playing really well they shoot really well they got a couple of just dead eye shooters and you got to go to Tennessee to round out your February so the Florida game is a big to me is crucial because there's only you know you feel like you feel like Tennessee is 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 going to be a really tough road game to win Georgia. You know, if you continue to play good defense and you can hit some shots, like that's still going to be a tough game to win. But there's just not a ton of winnable games. Uh, you know, you have four road games left. 
Um, and you need to try to, you need, if you want to win the conference, you need to at least win two of those. You need to at least win two of those. So you got, and then, and then win all your home games. So you, which two are those going to be? You got Missouri. I don't know that they've won a conference game yet. They're playing tonight. Um, and the last time I checked, they weren't, uh, as of right now, they're four points down to Texas A&M at home. So you got Missouri. So you feel good about that one. You got to, you got to, find one uh, other. So you got Florida and then you got Georgia. I'd love to go ahead and get the Florida one out of the way uh, and kind of break the seal there, break the streak there, playing bad. We shoot just so poorly there. I don't know what it is. It ought to look familiar. We're kind of the same colors, but uh, we just shoot so, so poorly there. Uh, I would love for that streak to end um, because, like I said, you've only got – you got Missouri. You've got a couple of home games that you could lose, but, you know <laughs> – it's just one of those. It's a, win, a very winnable game. I, I'm curious to see what that spread is when it comes out. I, I'm very curious to see uh, what that spread is when it comes out because I kind of feel like we could be favored. Um, it looks like on ESPN's matchup predictor, we're at like a 60% uh, that will win. So, you know, maybe we'll be a couple of points favorite. I'd love to go steal one in Florida, man. I'd love to, love to go – Love to go steal one there uh, and just have so much confidence coming into that tough home stretch uh, of Kentucky and South Carolina. So you, you're right now, you're eight and two. You're tied for first. I think there's a three way tie for first uh, in the SEC. Uh, and I don't want to belittle the first part of the schedule, but you sort of played, you know, the, the easiest stretch of, of your conference schedule. Now it's just, like I said, You've got about six games left. Uh, you've got, let's see, you have seven games, seven or eight games left, eight games left, and you could maybe other than Missouri, you could you could win all eight, or uh, you know you could possibly lose you know five of those. So the thing that you there's just not a lot of gimmies left. There's just not a lot of gimmies left. So if you could go in and win at Florida this weekend, that'll build you a lot of momentum uh, going forward. There was a uh, there was a huge visitor uh, to. The, I kind of forgot. I kind of forgot this um, talking about the um, Alabama game. There was a the Alabama Auburn game. There was a huge visitor this weekend or today. I'm looking up his name really quick. I think it's Bryson Tiller is his name, uh, which is of a position that we incredibly need. He's a, a power forward who uh, from, I believe, from Georgia. Yeah, from Atlanta. You know, Auburn, uh, Bruce already always recruits really well there. He was there for this. Um, he was there for this game uh, tonight, uh, and he's an absolute stud, 6'9", 240-pound power forward, you know, with Jalen, uh, Jalen, you know, exhausting his uh, exhausting his eligibility this year. Would love to see you know land a guy like that that can sort of step in and maybe you don't really uh, skip a beat. But no, that was a great uh, atmosphere for him, and I, I'm sure he would love to see Auburn continue. It can't hurt if they could continue and pull off another conference championship. Uh, couldn't hurt in, in, in that recruitment. So a lot of good things. Uh, a lot of good things, man, going on at, uh, at Auburn right now. All uh, basketball, 
um, and football with uh, spring right around the corner. I think spring starts, spring practice meetings start somewhere around like February 27th, 28th, something like that. So uh, it's going to start here. It's going to be here before you know it. We're only, what, three weeks away. Uh, so so that's going to be here. Baseball season is about to kick off. And I, I, I think we're – we feel really good about the uh, the – that baseball club uh, this year. So, man, there's just a lot of good stuff going on right now. So uh, I'm going to try to keep you uh, right, in the, right in the thick of it, keep you in the loop on everything. Boog bounce back week continues. Uh, we're, we're, rolling into, uh, two, we're rolling into two weeks now. If we could pull off some commits and pull off a win this weekend, let's go ahead and take it to, an, to the third week. Let's just go ahead and take Boog bounce back to the third week. Let's make it Boog bounce, bounce back month. Let's make it a whole month. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to check out Active Wealth and, and Plains Coffee. Uh, show them some love and have a great weekend. And we'll be back again Tuesday uh, to recap everything. So this has been episode 17 uh, of the Top Button Podcast. Stay buttoned.